I'm Mark, as you figured out. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this beautiful day. Thanks for the rain, for the cold. Um, thank you for your word, for your community. I pray that you bless this time, bless um, the conversation. Bless the things that I say. Here I pray. Amen. All right, so we are in the Gospel of Mark, and we're doing a series on discipleship. And the first thing that we talked about was that discipleship means stand up, which is why that's up there. Stand up. And then we talked later about how discipleship is sit down. <laughs> and we talked about follow me. I think that was one of them. We talked about how last week we talked about how uh, discipleship that discipleship means being generous and that generosity is intimately linked with intimacy with God. And a few weeks ago, we sort of shifted into discipleship 102. Instead of stand up, we're talking about Discipleship is, is faith, prayer, and forgiveness. So, this week, we are in Mark chapter 14, verse 12 to 26. And it says, On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters, The teacher asks, Where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened. And one by one they said to him, Surely not I. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said. I tell you the truth, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So, 
There's this thing called the church calendar. If you've been in the church for a while, you've probably heard about the church calendar. But you may not know that it's like a lot more complex than, than you think it is. So I, I follow this guy on Twitter. His name is Malcolm Geit. He's an Anglican priest. And I really enjoy his poetry and his writing. And like every other day, he puts up a sonnet for the feast of Saint so-and-so. Saint, I don't even know. Like all these different people. Like the Anglican church walks through the church calendar every year, and it's, it's really complex. And so does, I think the Catholic church does it, and probably the Greek Orthodox a lot of churches do it. We don't really. We do somewhat. So we do like a really simplified version of the church calendar where at the, towards the beginning of the year, we celebrate Lent. And Lent is the time leading up to Easter. And Easter is the time when we celebrate that Jesus was crucified and he died for our sins and he was resurrected on the third day. And then, a little later on in the year, after a bunch more feasts, we celebrate Advent. And Advent is the time leading up to another church event, which is Christmas. And so we're in Advent right now. And generally, what you talk about in Advent is the coming of Christ as a baby. So when I was growing up, for Advent, we had a felt board, which is, it's like, a, it's like a cardboard thing with felt on it, and you stick things to it, and I should have asked my parents to bring it, but that's okay. They probably still have it. So there's this felt board, and it's got like, a, it's got like green grass, and then some hills, and then the dark blue sky, and a road. And then we had this, um, like, a, a, a packet of paper that was stapled together, and every, it had a reading every day, and there's a little verse, and then this whole reading based off of this one verse, and then the next day it would be a different thing. And as we went through Advent, leading up to Christmas, we would put a different thing on the board each day that we read about. So we'd put like the city of Bethlehem, which is where Jesus was born, at the end of the road. And then we'd put up a stable. And then we'd put up the shepherds in the fields and the angels in the sky and the sheep in the fields. And we'd put up the wise men and the gifts that they were carrying. And we'd put up Joseph and Mary and a donkey and then like the cows and a dove, I think, in like the rafters of the stable. And then there was like a manger and little baby Jesus. And we'd walk through this whole thing. And it was really fun. And I really enjoyed it. And I don't really remember what the actual things were about. <laughs> other than like it was about like the thing that we were putting up that day. It was really nice. But by the time we got to Jesus, it was Christmas. And then that's, there's baby Jesus. And then we're done with Advent. So, 
at the village this year. We've been not doing that. We've been doing something that I, I've been calling this week Bizarro Advent. Where instead of starting with like the shepherds in the fields, we started with the baptism of Jesus as a grown man. And then instead of going through it and getting to like Mary and Joseph, we're actually this week going to talk about Jesus' last supper and his last meal and the moment, his last moment spent with his disciples before he was going to be arrested and suffer and be crucified. And I've really enjoyed it. It's been a really good series. So we come to our passage. And we come to a different calendar, the, um, another feast day in the Jewish calendar, which is the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. Okay, so we have to go way, way back now. We have to go all the way back to Exodus, which is the second book in the Bible, to understand what Passover is, because this is really important. So, in Exodus, which is the second book of the Bible, the people of Israel are slaves in Egypt. And there's a really long story about how they got to Egypt, but that's a tangent that I can't go on right now. So they're in Egypt, and they're slaves And God sends Moses, this guy Moses, and Moses goes to Pharaoh, who's the king of Egypt, and he says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says no, so God sends ten plagues on Egypt. And the last plague is the plague of the the firstborn. So all of the firstborn in Egypt were going to die, unless Pharaoh let the people go, which he didn't. And so God comes to Moses and he says, this is what you have to do. Every family needs a lamb, and you are to sacrifice the lamb, and you are to prepare a meal with unleavened bread, which means bread without yeast, because they were in a hurry, and they didn't have time for the bread to rise. And they took the blood of the lamb that they had sacrificed, and they were to put it on the doorposts and the lintel which I think is the thing above the door. But I'm not really sure. So they put blood on... Thank you. Yes? My resident contractor? All right. So you have the door, and they, they they had to put the blood of the lamb on the door. And then when the angel of the Lord came, it would pass over that house, which is how we get Passover, I think. I mean, it makes sense. So the Feast of the Unleavened Bread and the Passover meal in the Jewish calendar are, are incredibly important. They're deeply significant. This is the time when the people of Israel were declared to be the people of God. Like there were promises and there was a covenant and all these really important things. But this is the moment when they became the people of God and they were freed from slavery 
and they were allowed to leave Egypt and they go and they do a whole bunch of stuff that eventually leads to Jesus being born. And so the disciples and Jesus are celebrating Passover. Discipleship Discipleship is sitting down at the table with Jesus. It is sitting down at the Passover meal with Jesus. And there are two things that happen during the meal in this passage that are important. The first is in verse 17. It says, When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. So I I don't know about you, but if I knew that I was going to have my last meal with my closest friends in this deeply significant celebratory holiday, I would probably not invite the guy who's about to betray me. (laughs) You know, I might be like, okay, let's see, one, two, three, four, eleven, all right, you guys, Go on upstairs, and you stay right here. <laughs> you're not coming with us. You're going to watch the donkey, because I know what you're about to do. But that's just me. That's not Jesus, apparently. So he's having this deeply significant meal with his closest friends, the people who have walked with him through our entire series They've walked with him. They've learned with him. They're his closest friends. They've spent three years with him. And Jesus allows the man who is going to betray him to sit down at the meal with him. That's incredible. Like, the other disciples weren't exactly the best people like we think a lot of them now but you know they all ran away from Jesus when he was arrested Peter like someone straight up when when Jesus is being questioned someone goes up to Peter and says Peter um you're you're a Galilean you know him right and he's like no I don't, I don't know that guy Like, these are the people who are eating this meal with him. They're about to abandon him. But Jesus sits down and has this meal with him, this deeply significant meal celebrating the salvation of the people of Israel from slavery. This is the first thing that we need to know about sitting at the table with Jesus. It is that there is nothing that you or I can do to not be allowed to sit at the table. There's nothing that I can do that can stop me from having a seat at the table. And then, 
The second thing that happens in verse 22, Jesus says, While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it. This is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. So this is important. This is really important because Jesus, what Jesus is saying here is, okay, so we're celebrating this meal. We have the lamb that was sacrificed for your sins. Um, we have this lamb that God commanded, like he's got all these feasts, and this is the feast that celebrates the salvation of Israel. And Jesus in this moment is declaring what will happen. He's saying that when they, in a few, like literally a few hours, he is going to be taken, arrested, beaten, crucified, and he will die for the sins. His blood will be poured out for many, is what he says. He is taking the lamb, and he's saying, I am now the lamb. I am the one who saves. I'm the one who causes the angel of the Lord to pass over your house. And this is, like, you can't read this and say, oh, Jesus was just a good teacher. Or Jesus, like, didn't think that he was really the, the son of God, that he, he just, they, they built this up afterwards. Like, Jesus is taking the place of the lamb of the Passover and saying, this is my body, this is my blood, this is my body broken for you, this is my blood poured out for many. And this sacrifice is what actually allows us to come to the table and is what allows us to come and sit down. Despite our brokenness, despite our sin, this is what gives us a seat at the table. So there are three, three ways that I want to invite you to come to the table. And I want to go back to Discipleship 102, where we talked about faith and prayer and forgiveness. So the first table is the table of faith. Not, it's not. I kept saying this this week. Like, there's three tables. There's one table, but there's three ways to come to the table. So the first way is the table of faith, which tonight we're going to eat together. This week we're going to have lots of parties and and we're going to invite people over to our houses. And then next week we're going to celebrate. Christmas, and we're going to sit down together, some of us with people here in the community, some of us with our families, but we are going to celebrate the coming of Jesus. And so the table of faith is sitting down at the table together and encouraging one another and telling each other the stories of Jesus. Because I like to think 
I'm pretty sure this happened. That after Jesus went up into heaven and the disciples are all sitting together, like Peter and John and Thomas and James and all the other disciples, I can't name them all, they all sat down together and talked about what Jesus had done. They talked about the things that he had taught them. They talked about stand up. They talked about follow me. And they talked about reclining at the table with Jesus. They talked about the Last Supper. They talked about Jesus saying, take and eat. This is my body. Take and drink. This is my blood. So sit together, eat together, celebrate what God has done. The second table, or the second way, I keep saying that, the second way is through prayer. In Psalm 23, the psalmist talks about this table in, in he says, you've prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I want you to think about a table in the desert laden with food and drink, and there are two chairs at the table. And in one chair is Jesus, and the other chair is empty and has your name on it. And what we do is we see the table, and we wander all around it through the desert, and we dig our own wells, and we try to drink from dry streams, and we are eternally unsatisfied and thirsty. And Jesus is just sitting at the table going, here's some food, I have some food, and I have some drink, and I'd like to talk to you. And so this week, sit down and just sit with Jesus. Pray. Talk to him, listen. I had a conversation this week with a villager who said that uh, maybe we don't talk about reading the Bible enough. So read your Bible. Sit down and, and read Psalm 23 and read the passages in Mark and spend time with Jesus. And the third, The third way is the table of forgiveness. And so traditionally when we end our time talking up here, we say there's three ways to respond. So there's the healing chair where you can go and pray. There is the offering where you can support the community and what God is doing and give back what God has given to you. And then we talk about the table. And this is where we take part in sitting at the Passover table with Jesus and the disciples. And it's a table of forgiveness because it's not that we come up here every week and we take the bread and we eat it and say, this is the body of Christ. And we take the blood or the wine and we drink it and we say, this is the blood of Christ. And that's what saves us from all the things that we did this week. Because Christ died and died once for all of your brokenness and all of your shame and all of your sin, 
This is where we come and we remember that. We come up and we take the bread and we dip it in the wine or the juice to remember that we are forgiven, to remember that we are not. We, we have been offered healing. We have been offered relationship and we have been offered a seat at the table. So the invitation this week is to sit at the table, to sit together at the table and talk about what Jesus has done, to sit alone at the table with Jesus and talk to him about life and listen to him and read his word. And the invitation this week is to come forward and to take communion and to remember the sacrifice of Jesus and to remember that he sat with his disciples and said, this is what you should do. Thoughts, questions, pushback? I'm not sure I have a good answer other than to say I think that it says in this passage his blood is poured out for many and I think that everyone has an opportunity to sit at the table and that may clash with some people's theologies but I think there's an invitation to sit at the table with Jesus um, for everyone. I'm curious it's about taking communion. Um, I mean, a lot of the time I go up by myself or with my brother if he lets me. But uh, it feels like a very personal thing for me. And I'd like to see it as more of a thing that we're, we're doing in our community. I guess I'm witnessing other people doing it. But do you just have any thoughts about taking communion in community? I think... I think... The way we do communion every week is good in that, like, the body of Christ is what unifies us. Like, that Christ's life and his death, the fact that he came, that he was born, like, we can't have relationship without Jesus. And there's, there's like, really surface ways to talk about that. Like, there's people who I am in community with, who I have nothing in common with other than Jesus. But then also there's deeper things where I can't truly know someone without Jesus. 
And so I think taking communion together highlights the fact that, yes, we take it individually and we come up individually or as a small group, but we are doing it as a community, um, as parts of a whole. Anybody else? Cool. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the table and for offering us a place to sit and to be in relationship with you. I pray that you bless our time together, bless our food, bless our conversation, um, and speak to us. Uh, in your name I pray. Amen. So there are a few ways to respond. You can sit in the healing chair and someone will come back and pray for you. You can um, offering for... Uh, if you are, if you belong at the village, this is the way that we support our community and the things that we do, support our pastors and our ministries. It's the way we offer back to Jesus what he has given us. And, of course, I invite you to communion, which I've already talked about. So we're going to respond with music and these three ways, so. Yeah, blessings.